Welcome to Talk It Out, the show where we talk about the Sunday message. My name is Chase. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by Ryan. Hey. And Jeff. Hello. That's what's going to help. And uh, yeah, I'm going to start us off with a question about your kids. So Josiah, during his message, was telling a story about Owen, his oldest kid, who's into bottle flipping. And then he said, what I did is I chunked the water bottle across and then Josiah proceeded to show us that in the room as he threw it, hit a TV. Didn't matter what service you were in. He did it in both, which was great. So I'm going to ask y'all to get us started today. What is like that one thing that one of your kids does that is like that obnoxious that makes you want to throw something across the room? Mine's probably when we're trying to put like shorts on Mm. and he just wants to have wiggle time. (laughs) <laughs> and he thinks it's the funniest and goofiest thing ever because he can't, he's moving around and I'm trying to put clothes on him. And so I just have That's to like it. pin him really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wiggle time. Yeah. My six-year-old Elon has selective hearing. And so I don't know, like sometimes I'm honestly concerned. I'm like, do we need to get you checked out? But then she will hear me like if it's food related, she could mm-hmm. hear me from like three houses away. So I think she's fine. But she will just say what to no matter what I ask. Like, if I, we're this close and I'm just like, uh, hey, I need you to go get your shoes on. She's like, what? <laughs> First of all, why are you speaking so loudly? <laughs> Second what? of all, I just asked you. You can hear. I know you can hear me because you just watched 14 episodes of Bluey. You can recite every word. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, just the constant what. Mm. Oh, my gosh. God bless her heart. What? Yeah, I'm trying to think. The... There's a lot of things I feel like that are annoying. <laughs> so many but things. But just, just to try to narrow it down to one, I think it's a, like a food thing. Like mm. there's always yeah. a snack, a goldfish bag, an applesauce pouch, like something that just gets left behind. And it's like you went all the way, and like Lucy does it now, who's two, and she like knows where to go. But it's like you know how to go all the way over there, grab it, bring it over, open the bag, eat it all, but you can't just walk back to the trash can. Mm. And it's like, that frustrates me a lot. I'm like, just take it back. And I want to chunk it across the room at the trash can. (laughs) But that's probably the one that they both do. Like, no, it doesn't really do anything right now. But Lucy and Daisy are constantly like, we'll get up and they're already up eating muffins, like little mini muffin pouches, you know, on on the couch. Then just leave them there. Sure. And I'm like, can y'all... Hello. And and like Lucy will eat like one and then the other three are just like smashed into the couch. And I'm like, ah. but I get the it's okay. Like you give them a snack and they go, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And then you can like feel your parents kind of rising up in you. Oh, like yeah. too bad. Get what you get. Or I don't know if you guys have this. My four-year-old will eat a meal. Like we'll go out to a meal like Chipotle. She'll like take three bites. She's like, I'm all done. And then we'll get in the car. She's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, I know you're not. And it's like, yeah. You'll never like be hungry again. Typical kid things, yeah. but it's still like we expect them. Yeah. But when that happens, it still like derails you. Yeah. You can't control it. It's just, no, yeah. It's it just like, is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> well, uh, so the message really hinged on one story in Mark chapter nine of the man with the demon possessed kid. And the kind of infamous line of like, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's how I've always, the translation or whatever, I always just remember is like, I I believe, but help my unbelief. And I want us to talk about, about that line, but really about doubt and about the importance of doubt, maybe the, the fear of doubt, but just kind of diving into like this man had doubt in him, which is why I think he was able to admit to saying like, 
I need help with the parts of me that I don't, that don't believe right now. To me, like that being kind of my perspective of the story, like my perception of it, like I want to talk about doubt. So just for the sake of us having a working definition today, like how would y'all define doubt? Not for anything crazy deep, just how do we define doubt? I don't know. I think there's a natural trigger in all of us where we just go like, but what if it doesn't? I want this to really work out, but what if it doesn't? Okay. And it's just that. Yeah, that feeling. The, yeah. the lack of certainty yeah. maybe would be what I would say. Okay, or like uh, an inability to believe something to be true or mm-hmm. yeah, right. As you think about, like, let's put the this big topic of doubting God, Jesus, faith, spirituality. Like thinking about just doubt in your everyday life. How has that affected you? Whether it's doubting that something's going to work out, doubting that you're going to make it on time to something. How does that inform yourself, your body, your emotions, your thoughts? as you think about these kind of minor things in your life? When doubt hits, I'm just, the control that I thought I had is all gone. Mm. It's, this is a situation that I can't decide how it's going to end. And so I don't know. And so I'm going to keep going the way I think I should, but there's going to be this just kind of small little anxiousness within me just going, what if the rug gets pulled out from under me? Mm. Yeah, no, I think similar. I think there's this like, like low key hum that like motors underneath everything when you're just like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I just don't know if this is going to work out. Like, I I don't know if I'm going to make enough money to hit the budget this month. I don't know if I performed well enough at that interview to get that job. I mean, it's just like kind of a constant reappearing theme of just like, Oh man, that's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because I think it's hard to get your hopes up and be like, that's going to work out. And then it does. And then you're kind of crushed. Mm -hmm. So I almost feel like I used out as kind of like a crutch to be like, yeah, see, I knew it wouldn't. Um, and that way it's kind of like I don't have to face mm-hmm. like the failure or the insert emotion or reality there. Yeah. So I think that's how it kind of sneaks itself up, even in little ways. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm soul crushed if I don't get something or if I'm late to something, but that's kind of how I use it as a crutch almost of like, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work out. Yeah, I like that that thought. It be, And I think this is going to help us set up as we dive into this conversation more. Like you kind of said uncertainty and there's a lack of control. Kind of what you just said of it almost turns into this hope killer of believing the best about something or the potential that something could work out and doubt kind of can creep in as, like you said, it's like, it's a safety net of, well, I kind of knew that. So I just, I just didn't care that much or I didn't put that much energy towards that or that much effort into that thought. And so to me, it's like doubt can be, it can be a hope killer or, and I think this is where we're going to kind of get to today. Like it can be a healthy thing that leads us to, asking more questions, having better conversations, not shying away from things, uh, and not being afraid of the results of what we might find as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what, you know, what I, I've always loved about this story is, Josiah kind of talked about the the setup of the story of there's this possible kind of church argument happening, and they couldn't really help this man's son. And he goes to Jesus and says, you know, like, I believe, help my unbelief, and Jesus does this miracle. But the reality of getting to that place of being able to voice, like, help my unbelief, like, the thought of, hey, I'm just going to throw this out there and see what happens. Like, to me, like, I want to be there. I want to be like this man in every area of my life of saying, okay, God, like, here's what I believe. Here are the things that I think I believe, because sometimes I don't even know if I believe that or not. But here's all the areas that I I'm struggle with or I doubt or I have unbelief or even kind of like you said, in your emotion, like I'm scared about, I'm anxious about, I'm, you know, I'm feeling out of control and, and I want control. And to me, the the vulnerability of that sort of 
really confession, which can always sound like a heavy word, but like a confession of our lack of control of something or the uncertainty that we recognize is what I think, you know, we see in the story. And I think it's true for us. That's what leads us into community. It leads us into answers. It leads us into finding hope, finding joy, even in the midst of all of the uncertainty and lack of control and all the things going on around us that would try to steal our hope. And so as you think about doubt within, you know, spiritual conversations, within our faith, within the church, uh, we've all kind of mentioned, you know, we've worked with with students before. And, and I think that sort of phase of life of a young person uh, who asks a lot of questions, uh, they go through those seasons of doubt. Uh, we all do, but like, especially I think that time frame, like how have you and when you've done a good job at this, like how have you been open to walking with someone through a season where they they did doubt, they did ask questions, they were uncertain about the things that that they maybe grew up hearing uh, related to their faith? Yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with the idea that like faith means you just got to believe everything and accept it as it is face value, no matter what. And they walk into churches and they don't have conversations, but they see people who just look like they're full of faith and think that they're not walking through some stuff. And so the truth is, I think every single one of us doubts uh, when it comes to certain issues, whether it's personal issues, like, am I sure that God's going to provide for me? Or if it's something even biblical where they're like, man, that story seems kind of crazy to me. And I don't know how that's true. And the one thing I always like to remind people is it's one of my favorite things in the Bible is that God actually, when Jacob is going around, he actually changes his name to Israel. And that's what he chooses to call his nation. And so he chooses to call his people Israel, which means wrestles with God. And that your faith is not supposed to be this thing where you just like, whatever somebody says, just believe it. But you're supposed to wrestle with it. You're supposed to go, man, is that really true? Mm. What do I believe? What don't I believe? What can I put to the test and see if it's true? And I think when you have that kind of mindset of like, hey, I'm going to test this stuff that I'm doubting. I'm going to test it out. I think God yeah. kind of honors that and shows up in those moments. Yeah. And so, you said last week, Solomon's your guy. Like yeah. I always say Jacob's my guy. Yeah. I love his whole story. I think one of the most beautiful, his like his written, colorful his that colorful <laughs> coat, you know, one of the most beautiful pictures I think written is is that picture of him wrestling with with God, with the angel of God, with Jesus, however you want to interpret that. But it says like as the sun was rising, he's leaving the place he named Penuel, and he's got this limp after that. And like yeah. the walking with the limp towards a new day is a picture of Israel. Yeah. It is a picture of you've striven with God and man and prevailed. Not one, but you've prevailed. Like you've kept going. Yeah. And I think that's exactly, like I love what you just said there, Jeff, because that's it. Because we see that throughout. Like that's the, that's the Old Testament story is sometimes they got it right and sometimes they got it wrong yeah. and God still provided what they needed and his name was Jesus and he yeah. shows up later. And I think that that is really it. It's like this ability to, to not give up the struggle, the yeah. the questioning, the conversations, when you do stop asking, when you do stop wrestling, when you do stop having conversations and, and allowing your beliefs to maybe even change and adapt and to hear other people's thoughts and sharing your own thoughts, when you stop doing that, as I think when you do become that person who kind of fall in line with whatever you hear and and that's it. And I think that's when this whole thing becomes kind of meaningless. Yeah. And, and now you're just following a weird Christian playbook that nobody asked you to follow. Yeah. One of the things I love about that story and that I would encourage kind of this attitude towards 
anybody who wants to be a follower is kind of this desperation that you see in Jacob where he's refusing to let go of this person. Mm. And I think it's something that we need to adopt as well, where there's going to be stuff that you doubt with, stuff that you struggle with, stuff that you fight with, but do you have this desperation of like, I'm going to hold on to you? Mm. Just like you said, see it through to the other side. Yeah. I think you guys are both hitting the nail on the head. I, you know, for me, this is, it's a pretty personal thing because I mean, I grew up and I, I don't, I'm sure you guys are similar or know somebody similar. Like I grew up in a tradition that was very much like you have to have your mental furniture arranged a certain way when mm-hmm. it comes to faith. And so back to what we were talking about last week with everything being spiritual, right? Like doubt was not spiritual. That was a no, no. You mm-hmm. can't have doubt in the tradition that I grew up in. You have to be very certain I grew up in a good home. My, you know, my parents did well financially. I didn't want for anything. So it was very easy to kind of fall in line with that belief system because it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't, why would I have doubts? Everything's taken care of for me. Mm -hmm. I'm told it's from this God, you know, (laughs) life's going great. You know, I play sports. I hang out with friends. I'm doing fine. And I'm the least bereaved person I know, by the way. So that also (laughs) contributes to it as I have just never really had to deal with loss. And so I grew up believing that like God operates in this certain way. And then as soon as things I went away to a different country for a little bit and I came back and then I kind of got married and all of a sudden things didn't operate Mm. the same way. I had some of these experiences that kind of were like, well, that's odd. Like, Mm. that's not how, that's not how I grew up. (laughs) That's not how I was taught to view God or worship God or talk Mm. about him. And so that really kind of like the bottom fell out for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh boy, I don't know if any of this is real. Like uh, loving God, but then I just saw like, third world poverty firsthand, all of these things. I was like, oh man, that's not how I was told God was going to show up in those situations. Mm-hmm. You said that's not how I was told. Right. Yeah. God, yeah. Right. What you had been taught. Right. Was 100%. this one way, this is 100%, how, yeah. This yeah. Um, but for me, that was the truth, right? That yeah, was how exactly. God was yeah. going to show up, but that's how yeah. I was taught. <laughs> and then when God doesn't show up like that, you either have to like play dumb, you block it out or you have to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. So the bottom dropped out for me. And it took me a long time. Like I went through, they call it a dark night of the soul. I went through like a dark decade of the soul almost. <laughs> of like eight years where I was just like, none of this makes sense. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know what to believe. I wouldn't say I was an atheist because there was something there still drawing me there. But it was almost like I had to go into the heart of all of those things yeah. instead of being and pretending they didn't exist. And I think that's kind of where we get into trouble. And where I tried to talk to people about doubt now is so many people think doubt is a bad thing. It's not part of the spiritual journey. And so anytime they come across doubt, they just, I'm like, I'm going to stuff that down or pretend it never happened or doesn't exist, or I'm not going to question it or even go into it when in actuality, and kind of what the story is saying, Mm -hmm. right? In Mark 2, or you see it in Matthew at the end, even after he's resurrected, they see the same verse, right? Like some (laughs) believed and some doubted after he resurrected. It's just like, you have to go into the heart of those doubts, into the heart of those questions. Mm -hmm. You have to touch, you know, the wounds, (laughs) your own wounds, instead of just being like, yeah, those didn't happen. And that's the only way you get to a significant place after doubt is to actually kind of wrestle Mm. with those doubts or those questions or those feelings and actually get like, what's at the heart of that? Um, instead of just being like, well, I'm just going to go back to believing how things were. I'm not going to pay any attention to that. And so yeah. that's how it is for me and how I, I hope to try to lead other people is just like, what's at the heart of that doubt? What's at the heart of that question? Yeah. Instead of just like, oh, those those questions don't have any place here. Like you got to <laughs> believe that God is who he says he is, whatever that means. Yeah. Really is whoever, whoever your parents whoever, or whoever your pastor, is, yeah. whoever your youth group leader or whoever your spiritual mentor is, whoever your priest has said that he is. And that can sometimes be really good and sometimes be, you know, hot garbage, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You talked about how the things that were taught to you. Yeah. Because 
one, I can't remember the verse, but it's the verse where it talks about how you have to work out your faith. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something for each and every one of us where it's like, even if you feel like everything's fine, you're not doubting stuff, like this whole idea of changing how you live your life isn't something that you just, it's not like a switch you flip on. You got to work it out. There's things that have been taught to you that you've got to go, is that true? Mm -hmm. And figure that out for yourself. You can't just keep walking and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even gonna think about it. Who cares about all these other instances where it hasn't gone that way? Right. So let's dive into this then, because I agree with everything you're saying, but I think from one side, Ryan, like you said, there's this, hey, don't doubt kind of um, agenda maybe that that you hear from probably denominational, pretty conservative churches that just kind of like we say, Mm -hmm. here's your rule book, follow the rule book, and this is what you do. You know, I think especially in this, day and age that we're in now with the the ability to hear lots of perspectives of things. Like I find at least for most of my circle, people listening to lots of different angles and opinions about things, which is good. But the other side of that coin, I think there's sometimes maybe a little like fear yeah, of 100%. asking questions, of yeah. admitting that, you know, I don't know how I feel about this or I'm doubting. Let's talk to that person how do you encourage someone to that? Because I think for me growing up, if I ignored the, hey, you have to do this, say this, worship like this, pray like this, then the other side was like, yeah, but if I start asking questions, then like, I may leave the church. I may not believe in God. I may whatever. And so there's almost this fear of like, I feel comfortable just like this, being this cookie cutter, that's enough for me right now. So like, how do you encourage someone who is afraid to ask questions too? maybe ask questions or engage in those types of conversations. I'd thought about it because it reminded me of a couple of weeks ago, I had a dentist appointment and I'd been putting off the dentist for quite a little bit of time because I knew I was going to get bad news. Mm. But me not knowing what that bad news was, was kind of like a comfy blanket. You know what I mean? Mm. Like once I figure out what the bad news is, then I have to deal with it. And so maybe that's a part of it. Maybe there's just this, kind of nervousness of like, man, if I start asking some questions, it might bring up some stuff in me that I don't necessarily like. But the truth is that if you don't bring it up, then your teeth will keep rotting. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I hear you. Like it's, it's that idea of, like you kind of said that feeling, Ryan, of that part doesn't feel right. Or that thing I keep hearing you say over and over from stage not sure that's really real. Yeah. And it, and it's that deal of like, I don't think that's real, but I, if I start digging into it, I might find out that's not real or that's not true or or at least like I can't receive that truth for myself. Yeah. And then like you said, Jeff, I got to deal with it. Like, mm. it's like I got the diagnosis, but now like I need to, I need to go solve that. And I think that's probably part of it is like, there's this knowledge and knowing of some of this doesn't connect, But if I dive into that connection, I'm going to have to actually deal with it. Yeah. I think like a real life application would be, I don't know, when you hear like a bunch of Christians in a room with all smiles on their faces doing the whole God is good all the time. And you're going in there like, and that just kind of like hits you the wrong way. (laughs) The thing you're struggling with is, well, do you actually believe that he's good all the time? Because you've had some terrible things happen to you. Mm. And so that's the thing you have to question. And it's going to bring all that terribleness back up. And you have to decide for yourself and lay everything bare and have somebody talk and speak into it and decide, is God good? Man, that's, I mean, that's such a tough question of how do you lead people into that? I mean, I think what has helped me is having people around me that gave me permission. Like, I think people mm-hmm. are looking for permission mm-hmm. to ask questions. 
um, because so many of those older traditions that we grew up in did not give you permission to do that. Exactly what you're saying. Like, I didn't have a permission to doubt, so I had all of these feelings. I just had to keep them bottled up because as soon as I did, that was like, oh, man, God, you know, looks down (laughs) on you for that question almost. Yeah. So I think trying to be somebody who gives permission because that's what I that's what I received was permission to doubt or to question or to be angry, mm. um, you know, like this happened to me and I'm angry about it and I'm gonna shake my fist to the heavens <laughs> and that's okay. Like God's big yeah. enough to handle that. I think you know, talking, making sure that we talk in such a way that it's like God. Sometimes I think we make God so small, like He's so easily offended mm-hmm. at things, and it's just like. If you're not giving him like this certain amount of praise or certain amount of worship or acting in a certain way or being a certain way or volunteering a certain number of hours or whatever it is, if God is that easily offended, then that's not a God I'm interested in worshiping or following or being a Mm -hmm. part of. This God is all-knowing, all-powerful, created the universe. Like I think he can handle whatever your issue is. I think he is, you know, mature enough to handle whatever you have to say. You know, if you need to go outside and literally scream curse words up into the heavens, like he's, he's fine. So I think like just giving permission, you know, for me has been a huge thing. And then, you know, like really kind of, I think that's why this podcast I've enjoyed being on this podcast is that it like opens up things that you can't get to. For instance, right. The message yesterday, we can talk about it so many different angles, but at the end of the day, like, Man, what is that a vision of? Well, that's a vision of Jesus coming in full humanity to lead us into our full humanity, mm-hmm. right? Like the full spectrum of human emotion is belief, questioning, and doubt. It's not just belief. It's not just unwavering belief. That, yeah. And, you know, Jesus doubts on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? I mean, Peter Rollins even goes, take it what you will, but like God becomes an atheist on the cross. Mm. If he can doubt, we yeah. should be able to. Like, that's the full range of human emotion, so I think giving permission and then, you know, being able to talk and speak and unpack things in a way that people are like, I never saw that that way. Nobody's ever told me about that. Uh, I mean, that's been helpful for me. And that's what I try to do for others too, is just giving them that space, yeah. opening up then creating that space. That's good. The only thing, other thing I'd tack on to that is the personal level. Like you said, God is so big and you can't offend him, right. but he's also so personal. Like the questions that you have like, okay, like I'm trying to think back like around what you just said. It kind of reminds me of, of kind of my upbringing. It was like, okay, well, a bunch of smart people, scholar, blah, 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 wrote these things down, yeah. these kind of, you know, practical truths that we're going to base this fellowship denomination off of. And you don't have to believe anything. Just believe what they believed and sign off that you believe those things. And now you can be a leader in this church yeah. and be a pastor and a minister. And like, it wasn't just like a collection of core beliefs or hey mm-hmm. here's here's a few things we all we all agree on and everything else is kind of up for grabs it was like no here's all here's <laughs> from where I grew up yeah. 16 fundamental right. truths what a they were called play, you yeah, believe textbook. the 16 yeah. you don't question you them the you move forward and and the thing with that is a bunch of people sat down in a room, figured that out and they're they're fine whatever tacked three to five Bible verses to each of them great but like that's just such this group effort for something where it is personal. Your personal take on a belief, a truth, an interpretation of a scripture, whatever it might be, that is important. Jeff, like you said, it's you talking about like bringing your own or working out your own salvation, right? Like mm-hmm. that with fear and trembling, like like that's up to you to do. Someone can't do that for you. They can guide you. They can encourage you. But like you have to do that work. One. Second, the the personal side, I think about all these words of Jesus, like 
This is an, an interaction, a one-on-one interaction of a bunch of onlookers where Jesus is talking to this man who says, I believe, help my unbelief. Right. I think about uh, John 3, John 3, 16. We got Tim Tebow over here. We got it on, you know, <laughs> b- you know, billboards and blah, blah, blah. And non-Christians know John 3, 16. Well, uh, that verse is a conversation Jesus is having with Nicodemus, with a Pharisee who's asking questions. Yeah. It wasn't Jesus standing up, making a statement in the middle of the square. It's like, yeah. no, he was. this was just a one-on-one conversation that was recorded. We now make it this sort of stage announcement, John 3, 16, yeah. Yeah. It's when it's really like sticker. Jesus telling Nicodemus personally, like, hey, how, you know, how do you not understand that you're a teacher? You know, here's here's what the truth is. Let me remind you, it's this. Yeah. These are personal interactions that Jesus is having with people. And to me, like remembering that, you know, and reading the scriptures, not just picking that John 3, 16 now, actually like reading the context in which he's sharing that truth, I think helps people to say, okay, like, there's something personal that Jesus may share with me. Like there's a personal moment for me to be able to sit down and to pray and to meditate on a verse I don't understand and to think about it and allow allow God to reveal something to me in that verse that doesn't have to be maybe the same for everybody, but for me, it, it helps me to think differently about, oh, that's what that means. Oh, that's how I'm interpreting that. And now I'm gonna go base my life off that, make a decision based off of that truth, whatever it might be. But I think you don't have to, and the world we're in now, oh man, we've, our culture's built this now. It's like, if I figure a truth out, that truth has to be a truth for everybody that is me. Right. Everyone that's in, the in exact my group. Same way that I've written it down. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, I have to go project that out now. And it's like, no, like, you don't. Yeah. No. You work out your own salvation. You don't yeah. work out everybody else's. Yeah. Like, like, you figure it out for yourself. And then go live yeah. and be a human. Like, go be a human Jesus is calling you to. And of course, like, there may be a time for you to share your opinion about that. That's what this is about. That's what the podcast is about. That's what being in community is about is, oh, I haven't thought about that verse like that. Maybe that makes more sense the way I've approached that. Maybe mm-hmm. that, you know, rings truer now than when I heard it when I was 10. And like, that to me is, I think, the importance of these conversations. But like, that is how we doubt well yeah. <laughs> is like knowing this it's a personal thing it's yeah. a personal journey it's a it's a personal opportunity because yeah. um, Jesus was personal like these are one-on-one conversations so yeah and when you understand God's heart towards you you know he's omnipresent he knows everything he knows you he knows your thoughts before you have them he knows your heart better than you do he already sees the doubt that you have. And so if you're going to have a relationship with him, do you think he wants to talk to you where you're going, no, 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 everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Or do you want you to be open and honest? Because that's where the relationship grows. And that's where you learn what faith is. Faith isn't just the switch of believing. It's going, man, I'm doubting, but I'm choosing to trust anyways. No, and I think this kind of leads into really the second half of this conversation. We have kind of doubt. We talked about that, but... And Josiah kind of got to this a little bit of like, someone doesn't always have to win. Like, it's not about mm-hmm. your argument winning out. It's not about, you know, your your opinion or your interpretation of a scripture, pick your thing, being the winner. It's like, no, like that's the the whole point of this is like, 
<laughs> in a very corny, cliche way. It's like, we're all winners in Jesus, like, because <laughs> we're all humans and we're all loved. And so it's not about having to win. Yeah. It's about growing and it's yeah. about learning and it's about having conversations and it's about learning how to be empathetic and seeing things through other people's eyes. And that to me, it is what Jesus modeled, but like, that's really what it is. And so like your doubt can lead to that. Your questions can lead to an open conversation. Uh, someone else's questions about your faith can lead to a good conversation. And it doesn't have to be that your opinions, your perspective on something it is the right answer and I win, you lose because yeah. the world has turned everything into that and that's not gotten anyone anywhere. And so as you think about that sort of right, wrong, win, lose kind of deal, like how do you personally battle that in yourself? How do you personally battle the need to be right and maybe not even out loud to anyone, but just for yourself, like, no, what I believe is still right. Like, how do you battle yourself when sometimes you may be wrong or when you gain a new perspective that's that's different than what you may have always believed? For me, it's been reshaping how I think about that, mm -hmm. right? It's been, I had to, and that was part of my dark night of the soul was I actually had to almost drop that idea of winning and losing because that's exactly what I thought it was, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything was done so that I went somewhere else north when I died and not south, <laughs> right? And I don't know how deep we want to get into the heaven and hell debate, but, you know, like that's what life was about. It was about disembodied evacuation. Like mm -hmm. I'm going somewhere else. The mm -hmm. some part of me, essence, <laughs> true self is going to go somewhere else when I die. And that's the only goal. And that's kind of what I built my early faith on. And then when, you know, like that doesn't hold up under suffering, under mm. cross-cultural, you know, experiences sometimes where you're like, oh boy, like <laughs> that's not enough to get me through this thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think for me, it's become about, I just can't play that game anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't play the win and loss game because I end up disappointed, sad, kind of just like totally just, Eeyore, like down in the dumps every time I try to play that game. And so, yeah, we all do. Um, so I think you have to play a different game, right? Like is, is the universe like against you or for you, right? Is, has God created this whole thing to be like a participatory pushing forward in love or is it a restrictive like there's only a certain amount and you better hold on to your pie and I yeah. can't let you have any of that pie, right? I mean, like we've done that with mm -hmm. just evangelicism in, in, in like I have Jesus in my little pocket mm. and ooh, I don't know if you're ready to, to get <laughs> what I have for you. Like, yeah. are you ready? Have you put, like, what? Yeah. Um, I've had to stop playing that win and loss game and just, you know, start to see things in a totally different light. Like, is the point winning and losing? Or mm -hmm. is the point, right, participation? We talked about it last week. Like, if everything is spiritual, then there is no losing. Like, you know, exactly. we're all winners in Jesus. But like, <laughs> there is, there, there's no, I mean, there's almost no such thing as failure because, yeah. you know, like you're, you're growing and that's the only place. That's why doubt is so important to the spiritual life is it's really the only place where you grow. You don't want to be the same person you were yeah. 10 years ago. Like, Absolutely. I don't want to be the same person I was at 24 or 14. Like, yeah. if I was still acting like I was at 14, you know, like that would be really bad. Like, yeah. You know, and I don't want to be the same person when I'm 44 or whatever. However, am I? I don't know. So, I, I mean, that's that, that has been for me is just reshaping yeah. the, the whole like way that I go about understanding it. If I can't, yeah. I can't understand it as a win loss anymore because I do that and it just doesn't hold up under pressure. And I think it, it, it does hold up for some people until 
they have that suffering, right? Until yeah. their kid goes into the NICU, yeah. that might hold up for them until it's like, well, things don't operate like they did anymore because I never had to deal with that. Yeah. And I have to re-understand either, yeah. either this whole Jesus thing is, you know, baloney or I've got to reorient my life under a new way yeah. that how it actually works. And that process is continual. Yeah. We think that we can only do it one time. Like, well, I believe this as a kid and now I believe this as an adult. Um, almost like you're saved or you're reborn again and again and again. Because, you know, like you keep yeah. learning and keep growing and, and things get comfortable, then they get uncomfortable. And then you've got to like, we're fine with that in other spheres of life, right? Like yeah. athletics, I'm fine being like, I got to get better. I got to change how I'm doing things. You know, I got to, I got to learn how to hit a different way. I got to learn how to block a different way. I got to learn how to kick this goal a different way. And we're fine with being like, I'm just going to retrain my body how to do that. Or I'm going to retrain my mind. We'll go to counseling and therapy to retrain ourselves. And people are fine with that. But as soon as it becomes, you turn the switch to a spiritual deviation. It's like, oh, you can't deviate yeah, you from can't, this thing yeah. that was written down 2,000 years ago in a different language that's been translated from a different culture. Well, you can't believe that, mm-hmm. or you can't change that. It's like, huh? what? <laughs> well, and I like what you said. That it, it's, I, I, There's not a good metaphor for it, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> it's like we've made it win-loss. We've made it a game. We've made it a sport every part of our life. And the thing is, is like, it's, it's just not like that doesn't work. You can't yeah. just drop your sport analogy onto your faith. Yeah. And, and you, you said that kind of born again, born again, like the word that I think the church word you could use there is sanctification, mm-hmm. but like sanctification, that this active process that we're in of becoming like Jesus. And that's not, it's not a win loss. It's not a, you did it, you didn't do it. It's like everything you face is an opportunity a reframing of mind to yeah. practice something and fail, to practice something and it worked, to learn something, to mess it up and come back from that mess up. Like that to me is part of it's it's all the process. It's all every day, you know, if you need to, if you've got to use win loss, like every day you win when you participate. Like yeah. when you when you don't disengage. And that's where you said earlier uh, like belief and doubt. And I forgot what the other third one you said, like it's all the part of the process. Like when you doubt, you're you're sanctifying. Yeah. Like you are becoming more like Jesus. You are asking questions. Yeah. You are still, I guess, part of the fight then. You're still wrestling with it. Yeah. And like, that's the place you want to be. And you're, you know, dark night of the soul. Like those seasons that we go through in our faith of throwing it all out, yeah. like just throw the yeah. whole thing out and start over. That's all part of it too. Like yeah. it's all part of it. And it's okay. Yeah. And it's and okay, exactly. It's just like, it's, it's not okay. going to look like and, someone and else's, have, it's yours. People have been there before, right? Yeah. We, sometimes I think we think like, I can't question this because I'm the only one. Like nobody's <laughs> ever disagreed with this. Like I can't argue the Trinity or the Trinitarian view because that's never been talked about. And yet it's been talked about a billion times. Like mm-hmm. how many times? I mean, we yeah. can pull out anything from, you know, church basements to theological textbooks of every single issue being hashed out and hashed out and hashed out, not only in scripture, but the generations that followed too, which I is comforting to me that it's like, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Like yeah. we've had these conversations for Solomon. Solomon, there you go. He's my guy. He's, guy. He's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you're yeah. right. There's And that, that to me is like that should be comforting to yeah. know you're not asking a question that someone else hasn't or right. a million people haven't, yeah, no, it's <laughs> which yeah. is 100%. good. But also I think like we've kind of affirmed doubt. The other side of like, let me challenge your doubt is in your doubt, in your questions, in your growing, in your reframing, is that making you a better lover of people? Yeah. You know, and I think that kind of is my thing is like, do I lock myself in a room? Because I kind of went through this season a little bit. I remember in college of like, I want to argue things out. I want to hear this. What I didn't care about is actually like leaving that room and like, I don't know, 
living <laughs> yeah. and being a part of the community. Yeah. It's like, no, let me just hide up in here and let's have these conversations because they make, lack of better terms, it's like it's intellectually tantalizing. It's like, this is great. <laughs> wow, I never thought about that. But it's like, that doesn't inform any other part of my life yeah. other than like my intellect. And and it's like, but there's a life to live. Like go love people, like yeah. go and whatever, where wherever you land on something, Ask yourself, okay, how does this change how I'm going to operate when I leave this house, when I leave this space, and I go interact with someone who probably doesn't believe that thing? Yeah. Like, can I love them better? And, and I think that would be my only challenge is, is really consider that. Like, you know, because I think that also helps. Like, well, if I doubt and ask a question, you know, well, yeah, you got to kind of figure out, like, does your answer to that question, does your reframing, your rethinking about something lead you to hate people? Because that probably maybe isn't the best then. Yeah. Um, and if it is, like, probably go ask some questions, you know, more questions. But I do think like, and Josiah kind of hit that too of the whole deal of it's not about winter leads, it's about people. But like really though, like that's what I think Jesus showed us is like, and his anger in the garden and his doubt on the cross, the end of that Psalm, but still God, may your way be done, your will be done, not mine. Yeah. That to me is like, hey God, for the sake of everyone else, like even though I'm doubting you, even though I don't know where you are, even though I'm longing uh, for you to show up, still for their sakes, right. like your will be done. And and that to me is where in your doubt and your questions and your wrestling and your struggling, think about how that turns your heart towards God, yes, but towards people as well. And I think that's a good, a good yeah. measurement for your growth. You're leaning into that season of of doubt or or questioning. Yeah. I think that's where it kind of reveals itself of like if you're in that win-lose mindset, the whole time you are just thinking about yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, that a lot of people like to, quote-unquote, win because it's almost validating their doubts. If I can have somebody else think the same way I'm going to, Mm. then it just proves to me that I'm the right one. The problem is that never actually happens, and the room has now become, I think, the internet, Mm. where it's, I'm going to make this comment and prove to this person that I'm right right and validate myself and that's why I think when you make that comment, it kind of feels good, which is weird. Yeah. It's not a it's not a good feel good, but it makes you feel good. But the truth is, is that you're not seeing the individual. Right. And you're not yeah, you get to hide behind you're that. You're trying to make yourself feel better. Yeah. yeah. Instead of seeing who you're talking to. Yeah. I think it reminds me last week we we said this. How and you know, another good measurement, like how often do you ask questions versus make statements? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a great place Curiosity, to find yourself. Baby. Yeah, curious, like not a- ask questions. Like if you're doubting, then especially you should only be asking questions. Yeah. And that's that's okay. Like it's a good space to be in is if you're making statements knowing you're doubting, then what you're doing is trying to hold on to something you probably don't fully believe. Yeah. As opposed to, hey, here's what I have believed but I have questions about these two pieces of it or yeah. whatever it might be like. And that to me is like, that's a great place to be. If I could change something, if I could fix something, like I would reframe, I think our feelings about even the word doubt and make it more about like, you should feel bad about making absolute statements. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the thing you should feel bad about because you don't know. Yeah. Like you don't know. And even what you think you know, if you believe God's word, then you believe he can show up and change the whole rule book. Yeah. And you yeah. got to go with it because he's God, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like that to me is there's like, if you're making absolute statements, like that's probably not good. As opposed to here's what personally, here's what I believe. Here's what I have believed. And here's what I have questions about. Like that to me is a, is a, a revealing of someone who's in a good season. And I hope that's encouraging because I, I think we all, 
it's like seasons and it's also just part of our day. Like parts of our day, we feel great and confident. Parts of our day, we have questions and doubt. That's life. And so if you find yourself being curious and asking more questions than than statements, then like kudos to you for being in that space and being healthy and being open to hearing others' thoughts and still personally wrestling with it. Not just taking Ryan's answer for yours or Jeff's answer or mine, Uh like whatever, but like saying, thank you for that perspective. I'm going to go think about that. Like that's a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, in the Greek, the word doubt is distazo, right? Which just is where we get stance and distance from. So like, (laughs) right, distance, obviously stand and distance. Like I'm going to stand at a distance from that. It has really nothing to do in the original language with like, I'm not going to believe that or that's total hogwash. It's just like, I mean, like I can like Chase and think he's a good guy and I can still stand at a distance because I'm maybe not ready to get that close to him as a friend or, you know, whatever. I mean, we do this in our, we're all married here, right? Like there are times when it's like me and my wife need some distance. It doesn't change the fact that we're married. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even change the fact that I still love her and adore her and want to be with her. Um, But it's just like, Right now, we need some distance. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be in a different room. I need to go for a drive. <laughs> Same thing with our kids, right? I mean, you can stand at a distance <laughs> from something, you know, right, for a time period. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's like nobody would question if I needed a day off from my kids or my <laughs> wife or anything that I don't love them or I don't want to be married anymore, that I'm just like, I'm just going to abandon my family and be a single guy. That's not at all what I'm saying. But again, when we we put it into the spiritual thing, it's like, well, you just, then you're a heretic or you're, mm-hmm. uh, you're a backslider or whatever Christian verbiage you want to use. So I think that's interesting. And um, other thought I had was Brian Regan was talking about Brian the co- comedian. Yeah, he's, he's the best. You know, he was talking about this idea of like, kind of the same idea, don't make statements, yeah. is, you know, like basically holding your beliefs loosely with like an open hand instead mm-hmm. of a clenched fist because he's like, all right, the next book on the shelf could change the game for you. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all been to that place where it's just like, man, I was so like set that this was it. And then the next thing I heard just like blew my mind. Yeah. Um, and then it was just like, well, then I let that go. And it's like, well, if you just would have held that a little bit looser, you would have put your foot in your <laughs> mouth or had so, you would have had so much turmoil within yourself because it was like, man, I, I make a few less yeah. statements and maybe just ask a few more questions or just sit with it in quiet. Like maybe just shut your mouth for a bit. Yeah. So back when I did college ministry, that would be one of the big things that I would see amongst college kids is they'd come to this university and they would have these beliefs that they were just yeah. holding on to so tightly. Afraid to lose. Yeah. yeah. And whenever something happened, it kind of blew that up. It blew up everything. Yeah. Instead of like, hey, this is just a something that's really not that big that you're meant to wrestle with. Right. But now your whole soul's just exploded. Yeah. So That's so funny. I just was remembering, I was just reading the story of a of a girl who was like, you know, she went to a Christian high school mm-hmm. and I think she was writing a paper maybe about evolution or something like that. And, you know, like her school taught that like six-day literal creation, evolution's a tool of the devil, yada, yada, yada. And then went to biology 101 and watched a presentation <laughs> on evolution and was having panic attacks because she'd like... She had been told, like, her parents called the school and tried to get this science teacher fired at the high school Mm -hmm. because he was saying, like, maybe have an open mind about evolution. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, you know, it was so locked down that it's, like, I can't believe anything else and then went off to college. And the very first thing, like, she was literally having panic attacks, like, and other kids are just, like, sleeping because they're, like, I've heard this before. And she was just, like, how are people not taking this seriously? Like, this is, like, life and death. Yeah. Because she just had such a tight, like, if I don't believe in a six-day literal creation, then Jesus is not real or doesn't mm-hmm. have any power. And I just think it's exactly what yeah. you're saying of, like, if you just, like, you know, just stop white-knuckling yeah. everything, when man, you, it would when make you things so much squeeze just, like— Squeeze so tight, you squeeze the life out of it. Yeah, yeah. a thousand and percent. at that point, there's the no butterfly. life, there's no—there's nothing left but— 
but rule and law. And that's exactly... That's exactly the picture of why Jesus came yeah, right. was to bring the life back yeah. to the law. Then and you're and the going, reason this the man's breaking the Sabbath, it. we should kill him. That's what you become. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because I know it's about this thing written down. We have to it do this. It doesn't matter that people yeah. are starving. You're breaking the Sabbath. And yeah. that to me is exactly what we're saying. It's like, right. think about your heart towards people in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how does that hold up? Like, how does that hold up? Because Jesus didn't take rest. He went and helped the guy. And it's like, how did that hold up? Like, not great for the white knucklers. Like, yeah. not great for the people who were finding security in in the law, in yeah. the standards, in the the practice of the the religion. Mm. Once again, that's scary. Then mm-hmm. that's scary. But to me, like, part of dealing with even that fear or that anxiety around that is part of becoming like Jesus. Like, it's part of loosening up. It's part of Ultimately, like it's part of setting your your mind and your heart and focusing on the right things mm-hmm. in the midst of all of this. Uh, not just the law piece, not just the the heady pieces about things, but like really like the heart behind all of it, which I think was Jesus kind of whole deal is like is trying to remind them of the why behind these things. Yep. And that to me is ultimately what I hope your doubt, your your questions, all of your, your curiosities come back to is is helping your heart to shine bigger in that. The love you have, the love that God has for you and for others to be able to operate in a bigger manner. Mm. And if your questions and doubts are leading to that, then great. You know, if not, then yeah, like pay attention to your fist. Are you holding on too tight yeah. to what doesn't need to be held on to? Mm-hmm. So yeah. any final thoughts? Uh, I did want to share this just because I think it's a great example. Whenever just Darren Josiah's message yesterday, I started thinking of a movie and it was... Indiana Jones. Yes. Okay, okay. And I, I think it's the last one, the Final Crusade. Last Crusade, but it's fine. Last Crusade, yeah, yeah. It's fine. But he's got to do this. He's got to do this like quote leap of faith, right? Yeah. And oh, man. he's like looking over this chasm, and it looks like he's gonna like fall to his death. But instead, he jumps out and he lands on a bridge, right? And I just thought, for some reason, that popped in my head because I think it's a great example of what this is like. It's like this is what faith is. Like you having doubts. He is terrified. That if this doesn't work out for him, he's just going to fall down the cliff. But he had faith and took his little leap, and that's the way it should feel. Like So when you're doubting and it seems scary, that's not a bad feeling. Mm. Scary is you can be comforted in that fear because God's perfect love will cast out fear. But it means you're you're pushing yourself mm. and, you're, and you're trusting in God and you're actually it's, – it's revealing your faith. That even though you're scared, you're doing this. And so be comforted in that even and don't scared, run from you're it. You're still asking, yeah, let's go. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think the last thing that I would say is just that, you know, no matter where you are on this spectrum of, you know, however we want to define doubt, whether it's uncertainty or we're just going to stand at a distance from things, your mental furniture and your mental furniture and my mental furniture can all be arranged a different way. Or if you want to throw out all the furniture and decide what you're going to move in, fine. But <laughs> that now what, right? Like, what are you going to do? Like, you're, you're, there's still an invitation. Like, there's still mm-hmm. this gift of life. And how are you going to participate in the world? Or you're going to participate in such a way that, you know, the world is a cold, scarce, mm-hmm. unforgiving place. And I just have to get mine and I got to hold on to it. Or are you going to participate in like the life-giving Trinitarian flow that we see over and over and over again? Mm. There are different ways. So no matter how you want to arrange your furniture with doctrines or beliefs or denominations, like how are you going to live in this world? Are you going to live, you know, believing that it's generous and abundant and that there's always enough? Or are you going to believe that, you know, that it's not? And, and that is kind of what I think it kind of boils down to putting it over simplicity is like, is being generous 
a better way to live, mm. right? Is taking care of another person a better way to live? I mean, you have to kind of like figure those things out and, you know, like what are you going to do regardless yeah. of how you want to arrange yeah. the Because you're going to rearrange and it's going to be rearranged <laughs> yeah. for you. Like yeah. life's going to happen and some, a storm's going to blow in and, yeah. you know, NICUs are going to happen yeah. and, you know, deaths are going to happen. Yeah, and so it's like you're going to get tossed up. Yeah. Setting your your mind on what's outside and how things are going to shift, sure, but like what you really think about the whole thing, yeah. then everything else, then you can loosen the grip. Right. Because yeah. everything else won't be— It's just a gift. Yes, exactly. And you get to decide what you want to if do you with build it. your house on the rock, there it is. the furniture can change out <laughs> Is that Solomon? That's, oh, that's all. <laughs> I think that was Jesus. Jeff's standard version. <laughs> I think when people say that, well, this is my, my <laughs> interpretation. Book of, book of opinions. My translation. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us for Talk It Out. And like we always say, but really, like we want this to be a model of the conversations that you have with with your people, with people that aren't your people. And to see, like, I think today is a great one of, you know, figure out that question you're afraid to ask or, or you've always wondered and never said it out loud and like go ask somebody. Even if it's not, you know, what you would call an expert, just get another perspective on it and watch what happens. Watch how you grow. Watch how you, you're challenged to, to think about things again in the doubts and the questions and in those conversations. That's when we're growing. That's when we're we're leaning in. That's when we're wrestling uh, with God, with man, uh, with this whole thing we call life. And we're being challenged, like Ryan said, to see or to answer the question, how do I see the world? How do I see the universe uh, that God's given us? Um, and that to me is a great place to be. And, and so, yeah, I want to challenge you to do that. Share this with someone uh, that helps you to have that conversation. And we uh, we look forward to, to chatting again. And so, yeah, we'll see you next time here on Talk It Out.